When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pineapple Pizza podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is our introduction. Get to know your hosts. Hostess says, the more you know, the less you'll like us. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley with the hard truth already. (laughs) You'll get to know me. Self-deprecation's the name of the game. There you go. (laughs) So I'm Emily. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Ashley. So, well, we introduced ourselves. Shall we explain how this show will be organized? Sure. I was going to say, that's it. That's the episode. Bye. That's the whole thing. Get out. Okay. I think you guys picked up on uh, just how ridiculous we are. And we're, we're, we're human garbage. Okay. Bye. Okay. So what we want to do is we're going to be doing three episodes a month. And each is going to be from a different region around the world. And we'll be covering... Mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends, just as you heard in our introduction. So each of those topics will get their own episode. I don't know where else we want to go with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think the general idea is that we're going to sort of do like a chronological organization. So every time we move to a new region, we'll start with myths because those tend to be the oldest. Then we'll move on to cryptids and then we'll move forward to urban legends. Mm -hmm. So it'll be the same progression every time we move to a new region. Which makes sense. I mean, mythology is the basis of any culture. Yeah, their cultural ideas. And then cryptids come along later after mythology and you start to build in these ideas of these strange creatures based on how you're trying to make sense of the world around you. And then after cryptids comes modern day urban legends because we still are trying to make sense of things. Yep, which tend to kind of bookend based off of a little mix of mythology and cryptozoology sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little... uh, closer to the trilogy 
I enjoy it. We've actually already recorded several episodes at this point, which you'll get to be hearing three of them later. Our uh, Japanese triptych. That's yeah. the word. That's the word. Our Japanese triptych is what we'll be opening with. So we hope you enjoy those because we had so much fun recording those. It was it was hard to keep a straight face for a lot of it. And most of the time we didn't. <laughs> be prepared for inappropriate humor. So much inappropriate humor. Yeah, <laughs> Just like, like, like 90% inappropriate humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. Can we be like somehow inappropriate humor, but still relevant and on topic? Yes. Yes. Because I think that's pretty accurate to, to what we are. Hashtag yes. nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> the double Hashtag. entendre with nailing it there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I went for it. <laughs> Hashtag crushed it. Yes. Cross that off my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we each introduce ourselves in the, the subject that we'll be covering then? Let's do it. I guess I'll go first. <laughs> So a little bit about me, besides the fact that I can't be serious, um, I kind of came into this mainly just because I love literature so much, but to give you an idea of who I am, um, in terms of academics, which I was in for a very long time, pretty sure that's why I'm crazy, just FYI. Ask anyone, they'll back me up. I can attest, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I spent most of my time in undergrad and then in grad school studying literature, and then I dabbled a little bit in philosophy and psych, so it's all good. (laughs) But my primary focus was on storytelling and kind of getting to the bottom of what the importance of stories is like what role do stories play in our lives because humans have been telling stories for pretty much as long as we've had language so it has to be serving some kind of purpose so i'm thinking like why do we tell stories how does that work for us as individuals but also as a culture because we have cultural stories too and that's kind of what got me thinking about choosing myths as my overall kind of categorical um, type of stories that I'm going to be covering because myths really are these narratives and Really, I'm going to be stealing kind of what Emily just said. They're narratives that help cultures make sense of the world and help them understand what their role in the world is and help them navigate through it. Oh, they help members of societies understand how to relate to each other, shape traditions, and create practices within cultures. Um, Another thing that I'm going to look at a little bit because I see it as closely related to myths is epic poetry, which generally serves as a living memory of cultures that are no longer with us. So a lot of the great epic poems that you think of, um, like Gilgamesh or Beowulf, those are from cultures that are no longer extant. So this is really the only memory that still exists, and there's something really powerful in that and really emotional in it. Anyway, overall, both of these types of narratives focus on superhuman deeds and heroics, um, touching on gods and spirituality. And the primary difference between epic poetry and myths is really a matter of style. 
in terms of obviously poetry is a more rigid way of writing than a myth. But both types of narratives, and actually most narratives, when you really think about it, tell us a great deal about cultures that create them, and they also help us find bridges across different types of cultures. So every time I do a myth episode, when we get to the end of the episode, the goal is either going to be to find connections from that myth to contemporary culture, or to at least find connections from that myth to myths in other cultures because I really think the main purpose of narratives outside of helping us understand the world is helping us connect to each other. And see, that right there is poetic. Preach! (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you. I can be coherent when I have talking points. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely can relate to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you also want to let our listeners know um, where they might also find you or have or oh, know yeah. you from? <laughs> yeah, so actually how all three of us kind of came together is just on the indie podcasting community on Twitter. So each of us has a show that we're already on that's been going for a little while. So um, my first podcast is Studying Scarlet. It's a dark comedy podcast that alternates weekly from true crime topics to fictional crime topics. And for all of the real cases, I like to think of them as deep dives where we try to get to the heart of these cases and really try to find questions that haven't been answered yet and find new ways of looking at them. But also I'm a smart ass, so it has to be (laughs) dark comedy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we're on basically any place that you can find podcasts. New episodes come out on alternating Tuesdays and Fridays. And we do sometimes have bonus content, so you should probably subscribe if you like the show. I love your show. I love the way that you approach true crime because I feel that there, for all the true crime shows that I've listened to, I feel that I have never found one that approaches it quite the same way that you do. How deeply you go into detail and how you really pick it apart and you bring really intelligent arguments to the forefront that maybe people wouldn't have otherwise thought of. And I think it's beautifully done. I I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just, we definitely met through podcasting and that's how we became such good friends. And it was, I think in some of these podcasting groups where we got a good sense of each other's um, humor and quirks personalities, and, personalities <laughs> and yeah. we ended up guesting on each other's shows a couple times and we all had so much fun that that's really what inspired us to come here and create this, that and uh, Psych, of course. Well, Yeah. Pineapple. Gotta have the pineapple. Mm -hmm. It was this mutual love of Psych and Sean Spencer (laughs) and Gus. Gus TT Showbiz. Oh my God. (laughs) See the dance. (laughs) My show show is currently on break. Uh, It's called Drink Drunk Dead, and it's a paranormal podcast where we cover everything from like aliens, UFOs, which that's the same thing. (laughs) you know the ways they move around (laughs) everybody has to have a vehicle of some sort right (laughs) yes 
So we talk about things, basically anything that's unexplained and weird. Curses, ghosts, demons, cryptids, um, just all kinds of the weird stuff. And I really love the cryptids particularly. So that's why I chose my topic. But Drink Drunk Dead was, at the time, uh, a weekly podcast. We are on break right now. I'm a grad student, so it's a little bit busy fitting this podcast in because I'm having a good time with my girls. But we're just weird and definitely inappropriate. And we'll give you some good drink recipes. So you can find us anywhere you listen. You also have some fun facts, too. Oh, we do. Yeah. If you want some fun facts or if you want to know way more about underwear or farts than you've ever, ever thought you would find anywhere, come to our podcast because we open it with some fun facts about the weirdest stuff. Yep. And it's amazing. Like, you might think you don't want to know all that stuff about farts, but I promise you, it'll change your life. (laughs) (laughs) You'll walk away with a new appreciation for the digestive system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been interesting. We've had some weird stuff on there, but it keeps us laughing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my show is the Yield Crime podcast and it's a true crime and paranormal podcast so it's kind of a blending of the two uh but it's got a historic twist so we only cover obscure cases that happen before the 1900s and the reason we do that is because a lot of them are ones that are really kind of lost to time and some of them are really funny some are really random there are stories we cover that really aren't covered in a lot in the in a lot of the traditional um, true crime podcasts. So most of the time they're gonna be cases that you probably haven't heard before or you've heard about them but don't really know anything about them. Uh, so when we update new episodes every Wednesday, we're pretty much everywhere on every podcast platform. And we're very active on Twitter and Instagram if you'd like to check us out. And that's old with an E. Because yes. we went there. Ye oldie. <laughs> Ye oldie crimey. <laughs> I love your show. Yeah. I loved it from the minute I started listening to it because <laughs> you and your sister are ridiculous and hilarious. <laughs> and you cover such interesting topics. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, that's something I really like about both of your shows. Sometimes it's something that you're familiar with. And other times it's something totally new. But no, I... I love both of your shows because even if it's something I have heard of before, there's always something I don't know about it that comes out from listening to your shows. I always learn something. I've never once listened to an episode and gone, oh yeah, I knew all that. And that's <laughs> that's something that's hard to find, especially with, I feel like, the kind of topics that we work on. Because if you can pick something like a Wendigo and find new information on that that I don't already know, that's going to impress me, frankly, because a lot of people don't go the extra mile digging for more stuff. And with your show, Lindsay, I feel like I haven't once heard a case on there and been like, oh yeah, I've heard of this. Half the time I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And that's awesome because who doesn't want to learn new things? Like beef tea. Exactly. I'm a little grossed out, but now I know about it. 
<laughs> or learn about long pig. I mean, or pig trials. Or pig trials. A lot of pig themes going on in my just my chattel podcast, in but... general. Beef, pigs, whatever. <laughs> so, would you I like think... to sagoo Emily and talk yeah. about yourself? I will sagoo. <laughs> <laughs> So because I'm not a terribly original person and Ashley wrote her little write-up description first, I'm basically copying her. Do it. I did the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So my academic background is that I am a biologist and an aspiring mycologist. I have a real interest in nature and part of what I really love about science is constantly seeking answers to the unknown and and discovering new things because I I feel that there's so much about life that remains unknown and it's beyond our grasp and I think it's just absolutely fascinating. So the reason that I chose cryptozoology was because that because as a biologist with a passion for the paranormal, I am more than happy to acknowledge that there is so much that we have yet to discover and that there's a lot that we don't know about this world that perhaps these creatures are based in fact maybe they are based in some creature that we have not yet discovered i don't necessarily 100 percent agree with every description of every cryptid but i think there's a lot to be said about recognizing that we don't know everything we don't have all the answers so i believe that cryptids are a glimpse in, into our ancestors attempting to make sense of the world around them, like we've discussed with mythology, and uh, explain the unknown and really give kind of a physical form to their fears. Mythology always had to do with gods, and sometimes there were creatures, but it wasn't, it was something that we believed was in the world around us, but we didn't see. And cryptids were something that we are giving a physical form to and trying to explain our fears. Uh, many of these creatures have been probably inspired, at least in part, by real animals that may have existed at some point in history in those regions. And some of them may still exist. We are constantly finding new creatures all over this world. Every day, there's something new found. So even in the modern era, many of these creatures and beings still really excite the imagination of people all over the world and manage to creep into pop culture without us even truly recognizing that what we love or fear or wonder about is a cryptid. How often do people talk about Bigfoot? All the time. Bigfoot is massively popular. Nessie is massively popular. Those are cryptids, but they're such a part of our culture even today that we don't necessarily recognize them as such. So I hope to get to explore the historical, cultural, and biological aspects of cryptids or beings, because sometimes these might be things like fae, fairies, that I cover with respect for the people and the region from which each arose. So those are really kind of my goals in covering cryptozoology. Uh, so unlike these two, I didn't Nerds. go Nerds. Nerds, yeah. <laughs> I went to an art school, so I didn't have to read a bunch and write a bunch of papers, so I'm not probably as smirt as <laughs> these guys are. <laughs> So I chose urban legends because growing up, I was really fascinated with, you know, the unknown and learning these basically kind of creepy stories of, you know, don't do this because this might happen and all these kind of things, you know, like the, if you get, if you go out at night, you're going to wake up in a bathtub full of ice and your kidneys are going to be missing or something crazy like that. So 
learning more about those urban legends and diving into ones that are in different regions has always been something kind of fascinating to me because ones that we might think are, you know, super popular or um, everyone knows what they are, people in other countries and other uh, areas of the world are probably like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. That's nothing that we worry about here. We worry about this. And you're like, oh my God, that's terrifying. And, you know, kind of like myths and cryptids, you know, they kind of come from the same storytelling aspect where you're trying to make sense of something or you're, they basically grow from this sort of telephone game of there's like some aspect of truth to it, but it kind of snowballs into this bigger story that becomes either super crazy and it's terrifying or it just becomes completely insane and nonsensical. So being able to waffle between the two is very interesting and fun for me. We're really in a whole new era of urban legends, too, because unlike cryptids and mythology, urban legends from 50 years ago took on a totally different form and they spread so much more slowly than they do now with the use of the Internet and social media, where 50 years ago, it was really organic. It would change from person to person to person. And now it's almost cookie cutter because you can look it all up on the Internet. Well, and I feel like... Like you said, like a lot of it was just word of mouth for a long time. And, you know, there'd be stories that were passed down from generation to generation. And with the advent of the internet, you know, now you have things like creepypasta, where people are Mm -hmm. either creating their own urban legends or they're telling these urban legends that once were passed down from generation to generation that are now being captured by the miracles of the internet so (laughs) so now everyone can read them as opposed to you know having to go into a library and deep dive into them and hope that you'll find them somewhere in some obscure tome of knowledge so basically my goal when i cover an urban legend is to kind of share the facts as i've been able to find them and kind of go over the story itself but also give you the listener, the space to be able to kind of decide for yourself what's fact and what's fiction and hopefully creep you out a little bit. Most definitely. You found some creepy ones. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We've touched on like every one of my phobias already. (laughs) I'm sure we'll find some new ones that you didn't even know you had. Listen, if your next story ends up being stuff about eyeballs, I'm out. (laughs) Nope. Even Mm -mm. though I've gone there on the other show. Yeah, I have too, and I I can't do eye stuff. Eye stuff is bad. Eyeballs, teeth, fingernails. Fingernails. Uh. Oh, no. No, no. Well, now I just gotta find a fingernail urban legend. No, I'm kidding. Note to self. You can have to mute myself while I just hack in the background. I just like tell the story of salad fingers. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be telling the story. We'll be muted, like vomiting in the background. <laughs> Whoever gets to edit that, I'm sorry. It'll just be dead silence, just me talking to myself. No commentary. <laughs> All the listeners would be like, where'd the other two go? <laughs> so we hope that you guys will stick around and get to check out some of our 
upcoming episodes. Our first triptych is going to be Japan. What's our second triptych? Is it Greco-Roman? Uh, yeah, Greco-Roman. And then the third is North America. Yes. So we have some really fun stories coming up for you guys, and we hope that you stick around and really enjoy them and uh, don't get too horrendously offended our, at our really bad senses of humors. Senses of humors? Sense of humors? How do you pluralize that? Senses of humor. Okay, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> the writer steps in. <laughs> as long as you don't take anything too seriously, I think you'll be fun. Otherwise, you're going to hate us. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tee Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice because we can never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest. If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster, the $7 Cryptid Hunter, and the $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at pineapppizzapod at gmail.com. Don't forget, A-P-P. That's important. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And we love you.